Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season 2 of Cambridge Islamic College's podcast, The Tafsir of Surah Kaf. How can we prefer the afterlife over this life? How can we prefer faith over materialism? Sheikh Akram's tafsir of Surah Al-Kaf explores this in the light of the Quran, the challenging issues of the modern times and what guidance we can get from this surah to find a solution. That story tells you the sabr. Meaning is, if I know something and you don't know, what will happen is you will not have sabr. So far, in any sort of, if you come to the city and you know many things, you, know, you don't know anything and I know everything about the city, you have to learn from me. You have to follow me. So that's why the Quran made it very, very clear from the beginning that in this life, everything that you can see really, the problem is that you people don't know. You don't know. That's why actually you, you don't solve the problem. You create more problem. The facade is coming because you don't have the knowledge. Since you don't have the knowledge, any solution that you bring, it will be based on the ignorance. It never can solve your problem. It will actually create more problem. Like, you know, if you have any medical problem, if you don't go to a doctor, go somebody ignorant, it will create more problem for you because the person does not know. Allah wants to tell from beginning in the Quran that the problem for human beings is why they cannot solve the problem <coughs> because they don't have knowledge. That way Quran says, Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'alamun. Allah knows and you don't know. You know, the Quran makes all the time wafawqa kulli di alimin alim. Every knowledgeable person, there's the one who's a alim, who's the most knowledgeable. Nobody knows more than him. He's the most knowledgeable. Allah knows and we don't know. Tell me, when Allah knows and we don't know, what should be our attitude? Then obey Him. If I have a problem, and I don't know where the problem comes from, and what is the solution, then what should be my attitude? Then learn from Allah. He knows what problem is, and He knows what solution is. So whatever He teaches, that what will be the most important thing, that why it is very important in the religion, to have Iman Bil Ghaib. Iman Bil Ghaib. That's why the Quran actually starts the guidance of the Quran only can be understood and followed properly by the people who have Iman Bil Ghaib. Quran said, Dalika Kitab Ula Ghaib Fi Hudal Lil Muttaqeen Alladina Yu'minuna Bil Ghaib. Those who believe in unseen. Why it is so important? Why belief of unseen is important for every success? Believers cannot have success unless they believe in unseen. What this actually is? The reason for this is that, uh, you know, the knowledge for to solve any problem. And similarly, you know, uh, the power, you know, to solve the problem. These two things, knowledge and the power to solve any problem, that actually what is needed we don't have. We don't have enough knowledge for any solution. And we don't have enough you know, strength or enough power for any solution. To, you know, that can help. We don't have that. This. Let me explain to you. You know, take anything. You know, the events in this world. Events in this world, the way they are happening. Do you know all the causes? The way the events in this world are happening, do you know all the causes? You know some of them. The way things are running. Even your life, really. The way your life is running, do you plan properly? Did you, do you, they help, they, they happen as you planned? In your life, when you, anything happens, when you travel, even traveling, does everything happen exactly as you plan? Think properly. Simple thing in this world actually is that, you know, the events as they are happening, they are happening by many, many uh, things which we don't know. And by my many, many forces which we don't control. Let me explain another way. Every single thing that you know in this world, you know only a little bit about anything in this world. And there are many, many more things that you don't know. For example, like I, you know, what I is, People know something, no doubt. And people who have more knowledge, scientists and doctors, their knowledge about eye is much more than me. Ask them, do they know everything about the eye? Ask any doctor, any specialist, do they know everything about the eye? About head, <coughs> for our head, we know about something, but do you know about everything about the head? 
my finger, small finger, just one finger. Do we have every knowledge about the finger? Human knowledge about the finger is always less than the reality of the finger. Actually, simple thing is, every knowledge that people have got is always less than the reality, all the time. So even actually this finger, we don't have full knowledge about the finger. All the knowledge together, all the human knowledge together about this finger is always less than the reality. That actually what finger is less than that. That everybody knows. Even the scientists, unbelievers, they know. All unbelievers, scientists, they know that in this universe, any single reality, we only have little knowledge. Most things we don't know. All the scientists know. You can ask any scientist, they, they have been writing, that's why they do research. Why they do research? Because they know that they don't know. So they keep making research. In this matter, believers and unbelievers both agree that about every single reality in, the, in this world, there are some facts which we know and there are many, many more which we don't know. Believers and unbelievers both agree on this point that about every single reality in this world, there are many, many things which we don't know. What is the difference between us and unbelievers is unbelievers don't understand one important point that those informations which we don't have they are controlled by someone. You know, those, it's not only mere spicy knowledge that we don't know. Not like that. Actually, for the events to happen, those unknown facts, they actually have either much impact, effect, as the known facts. Actually, much more. So when we, when we want some, something to happen, there are something we know and something we don't know. Those things we don't know, they are as effective as those causes that we know. About every single thing, there are causes we know and there are many, many those causes which we don't know. Those causes are not known to us, but at the same time, they are controlled by someone and they have effect. So tell me what will happen. If we only know small, something small and there are many, many more causes we don't know, tell me how can we achieve something? If you don't have the full knowledge, knowledge of all the causes, how can you achieve something? If you, if you want to achieve something and you, don't, you have only little knowledge, how can you achieve? And, it's, and also when you know that those many those that you don't know, they are controlled by someone. What will happen? That is the problem really. In this world, the problem is that we have information, but there are many, many more things that we don't know. Those many things we don't know, known to someone. They are known to someone. And many, many of those causes that we don't know, they are effective. They are controlled by someone. He uses them. He makes them effective. Actually, simple thing is, even the causes that no, are known to us, they are non, not known to us properly. Even those we, we know, are known by someone much more complete within us. Even the forces that we control, they are controlled by someone much better way that we control. Is it clear? A, about any real, take any reality on the face of the earth. There are things we know and there are things which we don't know. What we don't know is always more than we know. And though the more that we don't know, they are known to someone. And at the same time, they are controlled by someone. So those forces are controlled by, by someone. Tell me, in this actually world, when we are full of the ignorance, what should be the right attitude? Right attitude should be to basically trust in one who knows and seek help from the one who controls. The one who has got all the forces in his hand, seek help from him. There's no other way clearly. In this world, if you want to achieve anything, the only way is to learn from one who knows and to trust in one who controls all the forces. Nothing else really. You can't do anything else. That's why when he teaches you that what is the way to success, learn from him. Because we, he knows we don't know. And how to achieve that thing, the force, that power that he has given us, very little. So we use that power, but we trust in him or wait for the result. The simple thing is Salah and, and Sabr. Salah means obey him. Take knowledge from him because he has got the full knowledge. Seek knowledge from him and listen to him and obey what he, he 
He said, this is what makes you successful. Then just do it. Obey him. And, and for the result, trust in him. And wait for the result. He has got his own plan when to bring the result. He, he knows anything in the life. If you want to become a doctor, he has made actually certain procedure. He has taught you, follow the procedure, one day likely you become. Not guaranteed, one day could be. He can take your life before you become a doctor. The events are known to him and they are fully controlled by him. But he taught you, if you follow him, obey him properly, more likely you can get success. But certainly you have to full trust. He sometimes can test you. Sometimes it will not happen. Is it clear? Try to understand Iman Bil Ghaib actually is not to believe in something superficial. Iman Bil Ghaib actually is to believe in something more real than what you know really. People think that what we know is real and what we don't know is unreal. This is not true really. What you know is superficial because what you know is always little. It does not make a difference in this world. You are born on certain point and die at certain points. The beginning of the universe and end of the universe is never known to you anyway. You don't know the past, you don't know the future. You only see the events when they are happening. But what the cause behind? What actually happened in the past and what is going to happen in the future, you don't know. Even when the events are happening, either they're happening, you only know little. When they're happening, there are so many factors around you. <coughs> some of them you see and some of them you don't see. Is it clear? Try to understand what Iman bil Ghaib is. Ghaib basically means that the events as they're happening, there are many, many causes which are seen to us and there are many, many more causes which are unseen to us. To our knowledge of the cause is incomplete. And second thing is, those unseen causes, they are controlled by someone. They are controlled by someone. They are forces running by him. So no event can happen properly without full knowledge and without that full control. So basically the knowledge that we have got, got it cannot guarantee the event to happen as they happening. The force that we have got, the power that we have got, it cannot make happen. We have to basically to understand properly that there are many, many more causes that we don't know. Believe in that. That's why when Allah teaches you that if you want to reach to certain point, this is the way how you can arrive. Believe in Him. Because He knows all the, everything. You don't know. That's what Salah means. So that's why in this religion it's very, very important that people, people have Iman and Alamal Salih. What Iman means? Iman means that you believe that you don't know. You know something and you don't know many things. Iman also means to believe that what you don't know is, is controlled by your Lord, controlled by Him, fully controlled by Him. That's what Iman means. And Salah means then you take knowledge from Him and obey Him, full obedience to Him. Don't make your own opinion. Don't be guided by somebody else. Don't take knowledge from Shaitan, from your enemy. Take knowledge from who? From the one who knows. Take the knowledge from one who loves you, who has mercy upon you. Take knowledge from him. That's what Salah means. This Surah is teaching you the Salah. Salah means taking the knowledge of the guidance from the one who knows. Salah means obeying the one who controls the event fully, who controls them 100%. Take from him. And for the result, what you do? Wait. You can't, do, can't rush. If you rush, you become angry. Result will not happen. Outcome of your action depends on him. After all the arrangement you have done, Still, it depends on him. He has taught you something, but did not teach you everything. What he, he wants from you, just follow what I taught you, and for the rest of the things which I did not teach you, trust in me. Because the outcome depends on what I taught you, and also what I did on what I did not teach you. But if you obey me in what I taught you, I will actually help you. No doubt, I will help you. Seek help from me. Outcome of your action depends on the knowledge taught by him, and also on something which is not taught by him. The right attitude is that obey him in what he has taught you and seek help from him in what he did not teach you. Trust him properly and wait for the result. Don't rush. Don't lose your patience. Sabr. That was, these are two points that are being taught in this surah properly. What are the two points? Salahun 
وصبرون تو صلاح مینس ٹیکنگ دا نالج فرام دا ون ہو نوز اینڈ ٹرسٹنگ ان دا ون ہو کنٹرولس دا ایونٹ اینڈ سیکنگ ہیر فرام دیٹ وائی دا قرآن سے ایا کا نعبد و ایا کا نستعین وی ورشپ یو الون اینڈ وی سیک ہیر فرام یو الون بیکاز یو آر دا ونلی ون ہو کنٹرولس دا ایونٹ ایوری تھنگ کنٹرول بائی ہم دیٹ واٹ مینس ایمان بل غائب ایمان وداؤٹ ایمان بل غائب نو سکسیس کین ہیپن ان دس ورلڈ تو پیپل ہو ونلی بلیو in what see they cannot succeed you can see really they all the time keep actually failing and people who think they they have power to do everything they keep failing because you don't control the events even the most powerful people on the face of the earth if they want to control the events they cannot control they never can control events are events their causes are known completely by allah and they are controlled fully by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people's knowledge of the cause are little and people's control is very very small very very minor people need to listen to him and people need to seek help from him alone that what this surah is teaching basically all the every single story in this surah story of people of cave story of the people of two gardens story of the khadir alayhi salam and story of dulqarnain all these stories and many many more in this surah they are connected to these two points that you don't know allah knows you don't control and allah controls people of these two gardens what what the problem with one of them he said that he guard all the thing for of his knowledge he does not know actually the way the garden is functioning it is very little knowledge you know there are many many more things you don't know allah can use anything and it is destroyed your knowledge is very little allah's knowledge is much more you can your control over your own garden it feels up people think you know if uh, you know if i study properly and i get a degree from the university and then i get a job and then i buy a house and then i get married i'll be happy that's how people think really but the problem of the matter is after all those things people are not still not happy ask people who have got a degree from the university from the cambridge or oxford and they get a good job that they wanted and after that they got a house and after that they got a wife that they, they fell in love with her you know they loved her and they married her ask them are you happy they will tell you they are not happy why reason is because they don't control you 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 have a wife who you fell in love but do you know your wife what you know about your wife is very little what you don't know is much more do you control your wife your lord controls your wife before you control her your her sickness her her heart her mind everything controlled by him actually yourself do you control yourself you say i'm not happy do you control yourself even you yourself actually you are not control do you know yourself think properly do you know yourself who you are you don't know yourself that why people don't become happy people are all the time running in the weekend they're running for happiness they're not because re- reason is because they don't know really you don't know yourself you don't know your partner you don't know your job you don't know anything really you know very little allah way is he listen to me i've taught you something and then for rest of that depend on me trust in me i will help you that what is the if you think you have got everything nothing really that why you can see people in this world they get whatever they want but still they are not happy this surah is teaching you that limit of your knowledge and limit of your power your control your control is very limited and your knowledge is very 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 limited trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seek knowledge from him seek guidance from him and trust in him properly and fully so this is the one thing about this surah that the main point of the surah is salahun and sabrun the salahun means seeking the knowledge from the right source and believing that the who controls the event i don't control the events allah controls the event he is in full control of the events that was salah means and sabr means to wait for the outcome you don't create outcome people think really if the if all the causes are properly effect must be there this is not true really. effect and outcome are not controlled by you people really scientists know that there is cause and the effect but scientists have no idea 
what is the link between cause and effect they know no idea every scientist can say they will say this is cause and this is effect but how the cause is connected with the effect they don't know between every cause and effect there is a missing link they don't know really this missing link they don't know how they are connected together they know this is what happens this events this thing leads to this one thing but how both are connected they have no idea between every two causes there is always a missing link allah is the missing link he is the one who creates that why the best thing is so that why do whatever you can do but for your outcome outcome of your action trust him wait father that don't think that once you have done all the things outcome must be there certain it's not certain it's not necessary outcome is ahead that why sabr is important sabr is what patience and actually we have seen in this life wherever allah commands believer to do sabr what they do they do jihad when allah commands to do sabr all those points where allah said to you wait do sabr we say no we work effort to get it no we, we are patient we don't have sabr we just want to get it you don't get it when you need to do sabr you have to do sabr like in makkah al mukarramah the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught when surah was revealed to do sabr Wait for the moment. Time will come when you conquer Makkah al-Mukarrama. He waited for that moment. If he wanted to take the sword in Makkah al-Mukarrama, he would not succeed. In the time of the sabr, you need to do sabr. That was the salah and sabr. When Allah taught, teaches you do sabr, then do sabr. When He said to you, "Kufu aydiyakum," hold your hands. Then hold your hand. Learn from him. Trust in him. So the the meaning of this surah is really very very clear. These are two words which will actually make you to understand the surah properly. Salah and sabr. And meaning of salah is what I explained to you. Salah basically means that events in this world they are not fully understood by you and they are not controlled by you. So then for the knowledge, seek the knowledge from the one who knows and for the control. You have to trust the one who has the full power and full control of the events. That was Surah Tijisat. Now the Surah is starting with the word Alhamdulillahi Ladi Anzala Ala Abdihil Kitaba Walam Yajal Lahu Ibaja. The word is Hamd. What Hamd means? Which I explained for so many times, but many people are new. So I explained a little bit in a quickly what Hamd means. Hamd basically in Arabic language there are many many words in the Quran used and very difficult for the people to translate them rightly. In in the in the in the what people actually what you do in the, in the life. Sometimes somebody does favor upon you. You thank him, like you know, you ask a child, you know, bring water, and he brings water in the glass. You thank him, but you don't praise him. You praise him. It's not a praise. What do you think? You know, bring a glass of water, not a big thing anyway. You don't praise him for this matter. Sometimes you praise the people, but don't don't thank him. For example, like you know, you see like nice poetry by some by great poet. You praise how great the poetry is, but you don't thank him because you do not get any favor from him. You praise people sometimes, and you thank him sometimes. Allah is one who actually, whenever you thank him, you also need to praise him. When a child gives you water, you thank him. Why don't you praise him? Because he did not make the water. Who made water? Allah. So when Allah gives you water, you thank him because he gave you water, and you also praise him. That why how he made water. Every single thing he does, you know, he deserves to be praised, and he also deserves to be thanked. Everything a favor upon us, and all the favors that are praiseworthy. Everything he did, he made eye for me. I should thank him for the eye, but also I should praise him. You know, eye is not easy. How he made the eye? How he made the water? How he made the nose? How he made hand? Every single thing he made so much favor. upon me i have to thank him and you know so much you know you know uh, uh, wonders in, in every single thing to get to praise him to praise for his wonders and thank for his favor in every single thing all those things to in arabic language you've got a word which does both jobs thanking and praise both that hamd in arabic language thanking is shukr shukr means thanking if you want to thank someone you say shukr like that why for human being With a shukr and laka, a shukr and laka, something like that. And for the praise in Arabic language, you got the word madah, praising, or thanaun, to praise. Hamd is a word 
which combines between both of them. Hamd means praise and thank both. So when you say Alhamdulillah, thank to Allah, so you're not enough ready. It's not only that you thank Him, you have to praise Him as well. When you say pray, all praise for Allah, that's not enough. The translation should be all praise and all thanks for Allah. Every single type of praise and every thanking is for Allah alone. So that's why people will translate this word Alhamd, they do mistake. You know, it is not right. I'll come to Lillah later on, but before that, I want to make a difference between the word Alhamd and between the word Tasbih. Sometimes you say Subhanallah and sometimes you say Alhamdulillah. Don't you say like that? And the Quran actually sometimes says Subhanallah and sometimes Alhamdulillah. So what is the difference between Subhan and between Hamd? Like you see the surah before this, Surah Al-Isra, we start with the Subhanalladhi Asra Bi'addihi. There are Subhan. And in this surah there is Alhamd, Alhamdulillah. So what is the difference? Why the surah Isra start with Subhan and why the, this surah start with Alhamd? And in both surah you've got actually one thing amazing, Abd. In this surah is Alhamdulillahilladhi Anzala Ala Abdihi. And in that surah is Subhanalladhi Asra Bi'addihi. So why that surah is Subhan and this surah is Hamd. To understand the difference between Tasbih and Hamd. Tasbih in Arabic language, I don't you know. Tasbih in Arabic language basically means uh, to declare purification. Oh, uh, meaning it, Tasbih means that you make very clear Allah has no defect, no fault. Nothing is missing. He is complete. Allah is not incomplete. Like for example, we, we are incomplete. How we are incomplete? You can see, you know, the birds, they fly. Can we fly? Something missing. We can't, far, far flying, we need airplane. We can't fly ourselves. Do you see like that? We can see in front of us, but can we see behind? No, we are incomplete. We can't see everything. We see the present. Can you see the future? We are incomplete. Can we see the past? We are incomplete. See all the time. Anything that you see, we can hear. We have got something hearing, but how much you can? Can you hear something far away? You can smell the food. But can you smell actually far away? So we, we have some qualities, but every single thing we have got incomplete. Nothing is complete. What Allah is, Allah is complete. Allah has no defect, no fault, nothing, nothing is missing from Him. So when we emphasize that point, that is called tasbih. Tasbih means to declare that Allah is complete, nothing is missing from Him. He is not incomplete. Everything is there, no fault, nothing. Every, you know, every lillahil asma'ul husna. That's why you can see in that surah has come, which surah? Surah Isra has come, walillahil asma'ul husna. For Allah is all good names. Because that surah is surah of Allah is complete. All good names are of Him. His names are all good. Nothing is missing. Everything that you, you know, I can understand for a complete person, Allah has got. He hears, but not like us. We hear a little bit. He's a hissamiyahul ali. He's all hearing. He can hear. When two people talk, if two people start talking, whispering, I don't hear, but Allah hears. When you go darkness of the ocean, see, you don't see, Allah sees. He's complete. So tasbih means what? To make clear, Allah is complete. Nothing is missing. No defect. Nothing from him. And what hamd means? Hamd means it is not only complete. He also gives everything. You know, he is actually not a complete his person. He has got attributes. He helps everybody. He gives, he has favors upon everybody. He makes everything complete. So it's not that, you know, he, he can hear complete. He also makes people to hear. It's not that he speaks. He also makes people to speak. You think, you know, he not only has knowledge, he also can give you knowledge. Hamd means what? That, you know, he can give to the people. He can give to the creation. He can make things. So Subhan is his that. His person is complete. Nothing is missing. And Hamd means then he also makes things. He gives people. He must makes favor. You know, he you know, guides people. He gives them eyes. So he makes things. That Hamd. So Hamd are more connected with Sifat of Allah. Allah the attributes. Allah is you a know, giver. Allah gives to people. So he makes favor upon the people. So you praise him and you thank him. That Hamd. Is it clear? So if you can say, Tasbih actually connected to the Sifat Sifatul Kamal, that Allah is Kamil. And Hamd is connected to Sifat Al-Takmil. Takmil means when He makes others complete. Like you know, He made a complete human being, as we are. Who made us? Allah. So Allah Himself is complete. If you want to say that, you say, SubhanAllah. Allah can make every other thing complete. When you want to say, you have to say, 
Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah is in looking Allah's attribution and creation. Then you say Alhamdulillah. When you see the sea, you say Alhamdulillah. When you see the Quran, you say Alhamdulillah because he sent the guidance, you can follow it. You say Alhamdulillah. When you see the Messenger, Prophet Sallallahu you say Alhamdulillah. When you see anything good, you say Alhamdulillah. And when you carry Allah, how complete he is, nothing is missing, you say what? Subhanallah. So when you see, when you see I'm imperfect, this is Subhanallah. When you see a child force, force down, you say what? Subhanallah. Why? Child force, Allah does not force. Allah has no, no defect. So when you see any faulty things, what you say? Subhanallah. Why? Everything is faulty, but not Allah. Subhanallah. But when you see everything good, you say Alhamdulillah. Allah is good and also He makes everything good. Allah is complete and He makes Him complete. Is it clear or not? Difference between Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah. And now the question is, why the other surah started with Subhanallah? Subhanallah the asra bi'abdihi. You know, He took His salbikad. That actually is Allah's perfect, Allah's completeness. Allah is complete. You know, He takes, you know, He can do, you know, for Him. You know, the space doesn't matter. You know, for us actually it kind of matter that, you know, we cannot go high because we are actually bound with the gravity of, of, of the earth. We cannot fly high to try to understand Subhan why Allah says Subhanallah because Allah Subhanahu is perfect and complete. You know, you know, this does not matter to him really. The earth and the sky, he can take anywhere. He can go anywhere. He can take people anywhere. So you say Subhanallah. He does not have this imperfectness. People are imperfect. People are incomplete. Allah is not incomplete. For me, I cannot fly. The Prophet Muhammad cannot fly to his sky. But Allah can take him. Allah has no defect. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is complete. So there is Subhanallah. But when the, it comes to Alhamdulillah, here we say Hamd. Why? Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the book, why the book has come? To make us complete. Book has come to make us complete, to guide us. We thank him. You know, he sent the book to us. Such a book which is going to come, make us complete, which is going to guide us. We thank him. Is it clear? So the Prophet is going to heaven is actually completeness of Allah, not his completeness. But Quran's coming is completeness of the Prophet and everybody. Quran has come to complete the Prophet and everybody else. But when the Prophet, Allah took the Prophet to heaven, it is not his complete, it is Allah's completeness. Allah is complete. That's why when the miracles happen, miracles are signs of who? Allah's signs, not the signs of the Prophet. Allah's completeness. Prophets don't, don't know miracle, make miracle. Allah makes miracle. When a miracle happen, you have to praise Allah, thank him. So that, you know, it's coming from him. You know, it is, it is his tasbih. It is actually, you know, his completeness. So that's why, for example, you know, many, some people say that, you know, you know, a shaykh can fly in the air. He can fly. So what big thing? He cannot do himself. It's, uh, we have to pray Allah. When, when you see, like, you know, a fly flies. So do you go, uh, do you praise fly? That flies fly? Tell me. When flies fly, do you praise fly? Who you praise? Allah. So similarly, if a shaykh, if I, you see me flying, are you going to praise me? Praise Allah. Because I didn't do anything. Allah is the one who makes me like that, why I fly? That's thing happening. The people don't understand really that if miracles happen, it is not a sign of that person. And that why I say, Subhanallah, when a prophet went to Mi'raj, it is not the prophet's completeness. Allah is come. Allah is the one who made. You say, Subhanallah, Allah has no defect. Allah can take anywhere for him. All the space are same. He can take here, he can take anywhere. That you say, Subhanallah. But if, when he sent the Quran, now it is Hamd. Quran came. Then now God, that is your praise. Now your praise is you take guidance from the Quran and follow it. If people become pious, then we praise them. If people pray, then we praise them. So when you take the guidance from Quran, then you are praiseworthy. But if you fly in the sky, are you praiseworthy? Okay, it's not you do. That's why when we, I always say the example, if people celebrate you know, the birthday of their children. So I say, you know, this needs to be not hamd. When your child becomes 10 years old, tell me who did. Did your child make himself 10 years old or Allah made him? Allah made him. Allah's complete, not his completeness. Your child should be praised when? When he becomes 10 years old, he memorized the Quran. He did something. That's Alhamdulillah. Allah sent the guidance 
and your child follows the guidance, now you need to be in a place. Is it clear or not? Your completion comes when you take knowledge from Allah. So when you fly, nothing prosperous. But when you walk on the earth like a human being, you are praiseworthy. You walk on the earth as Allah wants to walk, that you deserve praise. But you fly in the air, nothing. It's Allah's kamal, not your kamal. But when you walk on the earth like a human being, it is your kamal. You actually learn from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what comes. Is it clear? Allah is going to reward you for what for, for, for the guidance that you took from the Quran. He is not going to reward you for what he had done. Is it going to reward you because he got, you got two eyes? Tell me. Is there any reward to have two eyes? Is there any reward in the world because you have two eyes? Eyes are made by him. But there are reward if you use the eyes as he wants to use. Then you get reward. So then you thank. Then Allah will reward you. Is it clear or not? So Hamza comes in those places where Allah is doing things which can complete other people. So if people follow them, they also deserve to be praised. Subhan comes in those places where actually you declare Allah is complete. Others are not complete. Others are incomplete. The Prophet could not go, could not go to heaven, could not go to, to Mi'raj. Allah made him to go. The Prophet is incomplete and Allah is complete. Try to understand properly. This is the very important to understand. Whenever you see a miracle, don't praise the person on whose hand it's happening. Praise Allah. Thank. But when you see guidance, see somebody pious, somebody you know who controls his eye, they look properly, they fast in the month of Ramadan, they certainly, they deserve to be thanked and they deserve to be praised and Allah will praise them anyway in the day after, they will get shukr. Is it clear? So now you understand the difference between Subhan and Hamd. When you see Subhanallah, you declare Allah has no fault, no defect, He is complete. When you say Alhamdulillah, it means He has done those things which can make others complete which can make for a process. You thank him for that. So that's why when Quran is coming from the heaven, we say Alhamdulillah. Because the coming of the Quran is going to make everybody complete. Those who follow the Quran, they become complete. Alhamdulillah. But the prophets going to the heaven is not his achievement. It's Allah's achievement. Allah is the one who did. Allah has no defect. So Alhamdulillah, Alladhi anzala ala abdihil kitaba wa lam yaj'al lahu ibaja. So Hamd for Allah, Alladhi anzala ala abdihil kitaba. Who? He sent down. Anzala in Arabic language comes to send down from the, you know, like descending. And also sometimes Quran uses the word Nazala. It also means to send down. Nazala and Anzala make the same thing. But in Arabic language, when the words are from the Taf'il, the two bab, Ifa'al and Taf'il, Af'ala and Fa'ala. When the words are from Fa'ala, then mean, meaning is in stages. Something happening in stages. That's what Nazala means. To make many, many. Taf'il means Takthir. To make something plenty. So, Anzala means, you know, if, if descending is only once, you say Anzala. If descending is many, many times, many, many, it becomes plenty, then you say Nazala. Further, if somebody comes, something comes down once, you say Nazala. If something comes down again, again, you say Tanazala. Like Quran says about in Surah Al-Qadr, Tanazalul Malaikat wa Ruh. What Tanazalul means here? They come down again, again. The angels are coming again, 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 again. But when you say Nazala, for example, somebody climbed on the roof and we say Nazala. He came down. Only once is enough. Nazala means just to come down. And Tanazala means coming down many, many times. Anzala means just sent down to make something to come down. And Nazala means many, many times. Quran has been sent down many, many times. So when Quran wants to tell the stages, 
Then Allah said, Nazzala. When Allah wants to just want to say the reality that Allah has said, then it says Anzala for Quran. So sometimes Allah used the word Anzala and sometimes Nazzala. Here the purpose is not to show you that Quran came in stages. That's not the purpose. Here only the purpose is to tell you Allah is the one who sent the book. You follow. So the purpose is not to say to tell you how many stages. Only the purpose is Allah is the one who sent the book. Book is coming from Allah. So Alhamdulillah, Hilladi Anzala ala abdihil kitaba. Think properly. Book is coming from Allah and we hate it. It's not coming from Allah. Allah SWT want to tell the, the you know Quraysh people why you do, why do, why don't you obey the book you know is book from from Muhammad Sallallahu book is from Allah it's coming from your Lord the one who is merciful upon you the one who loves you coming from Him you know many many people who don't like the Quran because they think the Quran is the book of Muslims no the Quran is not a book of Muslims the Quran is the book sent down by, by your Lord He is your Lord He is my Lord the Quran is not coming from Muslims Quran is not coming from Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Quran is coming from who? From Allah. He said, Allah is the one who said. And Allah is your Lord and my Lord. So you know, when you Allah mentioned the Quran, you should be keen to actually to, to, to learn from the Quran. So Alhamdulillah, Hilladhi Anzala Ala Abdul Kitab. When Alladhi comes in Arabic language, it also tells you the reason. Because Allah says Alhamd, all thank and all praise for Allah. So when this Alladhi, who? This Alladhi also tells you why Allah wants to teach you that you praise Allah and thank Him. Because he sent the book, means sending the book from heaven to the, to the, to the earth is really such a big thing that people need to praise Allah and thank him. It's a big, big thing. You understand that the coming of the Quran from the heaven to the earth is a big, big thing. Allah sent the Quran, his own words as a guidance. It's something people need to thank him. So Alhamdulillah, Hilladi Anzala, praise and thank for Allah who sent down Allah Abdihi upon his slave. And in the Surah to Isra, Quran said, Subhanallah asra bi abdihi on his slave. Why Allah Subhanahu mentioned his slave? Abd. Why? You know, Abd comes from the word Abada Ya'budu. What Abada Ya'budu means? To worship, to do ibadah. The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu has got two major qualities, two major attributes. One thing is his Rasul, Messenger, or his Nabi, Prophet, and he's a slave of Allah, Abd. We Muslims think to call him a Rasul and Messenger, Nabi, that's more praiseworthy. To call him Abd, slave, is basically lower. That is not like that. People think like that. Tell me which one is praiseworthy. He's being a Rasul, a Nabi, or he's being Abd. Which one is praiseworthy? He's being Abd is praiseworthy. Because Rasul and Nabi, not his achievement. Rasul and Nabi is Allah's achievement. Allah is the one who made him Rasul and Nabi. Try to understand. When the Prophet said Rasul and Nabi, who has made Rasul? Him Rasul and Nabi. Allah made. He's being Rasul and Nabi, not his praise. What his praise is? He became a Rasul and Nabi, and then he learned from Revelation, and he worships his Lord. His praise is to be Abd. To be slave of Allah SWT, to be worshipper of Allah SWT. The praise of the Prophet Muhammad SAW that he is Abd. His praise is not as a Rasul Nabi. Rasul Nabi is his position. Allah has made, gave him a position. Rasul Nabi is favor of Allah. So when you mention that Allah, the Prophet SAW is Rasul Nabi, thank Allah. The Prophet SAW's praise is what? He is Abd. Abd means he is complete worshipper of Allah SWT, obedient to Allah SWT. He worships him and obeys him. Abudiyya. That's why whenever Allah SWT mentioned the Prophet SAW in the, in the place of a, a, a praise, he mentioned as Abd. Subhanallah Asra be Abdihi. When Allah takes him to the heaven, he calls him Abd. When Allah SWT sent the book upon him, he calls him Abd because his being Abd is praiseworthy. That's what his achievement is. The Prophet's achievement is not that he receives revelation in the cave of Hira, but his achievement certainly is that he prays in the night. When he receives the revelation, he starts the, his prayer is achievement. That's why Allah SWT praises him. That my slave who prays, you see Abd, and you stop him. So the Prophet's achievement is that he worship Allah SWT, his prayer, fasting. That's why for the believers, what is the achievement? You do what your Allah commands. If you pray, you are praiseworthy. You know, if you fast, you are praiseworthy. You will be thanked. Allah will thank you. Allah will reward you. You know, if you obey him, 
Allah will praise you. Allah will reward you. But whatever Allah has given you, that is not your praise. So whose praise? Allah's praise. Like for example, your face is very pretty, handsome. Is it your praise? Who made your face? Allah made your face. If, you know, if you have nice clothes, you know, who gave you money? Allah gave you money. People should not praise, you know, for their money. That was the hadith of the person, you know, Allah becomes very angry when people are praised because of the money. Nothing really. It is given by Allah not because somebody deserves it. No. For testing, it is not praiseworthy. But people really certainly need to be praised when they obey their Lord. So that's why Abudiyah is praiseworthy. I try to understand. So that's when people say about the saints, certain saints, there are so many miracles. So what? If they have miracles, so why do you praise them? People say that, you know, so and so, he used to walk on the, on the water. What do you pray about that? Everybody walks on the water. If you make a bridge, you can walk over the water. Okay, I think if people make a bridge, that's even better. Because a saint, a sheikh comes up and he walks on the water, then after him, nobody can walk. But if you make a bridge, then millions of people can walk. So tell me which one is praiseworthy? To make a bridge over the water or just walk over the water? To make a bridge? So somebody who made the bridge, he needs to be praised. Thank you. He will get reward. But somebody who walks on the water, no reward. There's no reward in walking on the water. There's no reward. Even if it's done by sent by most pious person. Because this is not piety. This is from Allah SWT. Allah is the one who made him. Not his achievement. Try to understand properly. Make a difference between what Allah does and between what he commanded you to do. If you do what he commands you to do, then you are praised. If you make a bridge, then you get reward. But if you walk over the water, no reward. If you fly in the sky, no reward. But if you make aeroplane and people can reward, if you're a believer and people can fly, you can reward for that to try to understand if people. This is very, very important to understand. All the miracles that happening is happen because Allah does, not you don't do. But you get reward for what you do. That's why it is very bad to mention the saints and mention the miracles. Because miracles are not miracles. Mention what they did. How was this person? How was his prayer? How was his fasting? How was he as a human being? How was he as Salaf Allah SWT? That's what this surah is going to teach you really. This surah is going to teach you that what matters you, what you do. What matters actually is that how you got the knowledge and how you follow it. It does it doesn't matter what Allah does. If people, you know, fly, you can say to them, even the birds fly, to what big thing? Even the flies fly, to what big thing? If people swim, walk, walk on the water, say even the fish can walk, to what big thing? You know, you become like fish. So what is praise in that? Praise actually is you walk on the earth like human being, but obey your Lord. You lower your eye. You obey him. That's praise of you know. And the prophet messenger did not fly. The prophet did not, you know, people, many people love it, to control the jinn. Okay, I was teaching a, you know, a course about jinn. The prophet did not do that. He conquered Makkah with the jinn. Tell me. Did he conquer Makkah with the army of jinn? No, jinn came to listen for him. You know, jinn obey him. Jinn also believe him. But did he ask the jinn to follow him? To come and conquer Makkah? Then Makkans can be, you know, so much, you know, impressed by him. No, he conquers Makkah with his own human army. Nothing else. That, that what he is. Try to understand properly. Allah wants you to do things by according to his command. Don't show your power. Show Allah's power. Obey him. Allah wants to show, see, see obedience. To your praise is what? Your obedience. Ibadah. Ibadah is the praise of the human being. When people obey Allah, listen to him, worship him, they become praiseworthy. When people want to show the power, they are not praiseworthy. No praise in that. Because your power is not your power anyway. It's just imagination. It's from Allah SWT. So anyway, Alhamdulillah, I explained to you the meaning between the difference between Subhan and, and Hamd uh, properly. And also I explained to you the meaning of Ubudiyya, why the prophet said called Abd. And also before that I explained to you, you know, the word, the main theme of this surah, Salah and Sabr. And I explained to you that why we need Salah and Sabr. Why Iman is very important for the Quran and for the Salah and Sabr. And for the human unity in general. And you know, and you know, why the Quran, you know, even the first beginning, it said, you know, they believe in unseen. Now time coming for the break. So if you have any question, please ask us.
then inshallah we'll do tafsir of the surah we hope you enjoyed today's episode please support us so we can continue to bring you world class content at www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org/donate and please don't forget to subscribe to deepdean.tv for more islamic studies content in hd videos assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh